0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hommel Casino.
0: Fun above all else. Do the show, bitch. Welcome to Bannon Woods. Try to say this
3: nicely. When you look at Ben, Paul, and me, it doesn't scream athlete.
4: I know you fat bastards want to eat some of this.
2: With Ben Higgins. Go to hell, pro sports.
3: Steven Woods. <laughs> that was incredible. And Paul Reindel. All right. Get ready, tier ones.
2: Oh, it's Ben and Woods. Finally, the chance for somebody to get on and do some good sports talk radio. On 97.3,
3: the fan. Good morning, everybody. Do the show, bitch. All right, my friends, we are halfway home on a Tuesday morning. Beautiful. God bless. Look at that day outside that awaits us in just two more hours. Uh, listen, everyone is is feeling a certain type of way right now, and that's okay. Your feelings are absolutely justified. This is like me talking to my five-year-old. Listen, you're, you're justified in feeling the way you want to feel right now. You're feeling a lot of emotions right now, and that's okay we at some point have to 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 move on right and and what's next you know the the spilled milk thing is real you can't cry about it i mean and i understand the pain well, the timing for aj Preller right now couldn't be worse by the way it's ben and woods on 973 the fan i'm woodsy that's paul that's ben the timing for aj Preller... And and the Padres could not be worse with Bruce Bochy going <laughs> taking that team to the World Series. You just heard that caller. I miss him. I miss him so much. I would have done anything. At least AJ can say I did. I'm not the one who fired that's, Bochy. That's that was exactly long right. before I got here. That's exactly <laughs> right. But you know the fact that there were ties here, and you watch Bochy take that team with a bunch of Padres guys on it and executives and everything else and they're in the World Series, that can't feel great. And and I know A.J. Preller well enough to know that you see that, and you go, oh, God, all right. You know, just, <laughs> your, your ex moves on with somebody way more handsome and, you know, gets the world. And and so, um, but at some point, you know, we there's nothing we can do. Bruce Bochy's not coming back. Bob Melvin's not coming back. How do we move forward as a fan base, as a team, uh, as a radio show? How do we do it? By the way, we... We haven't addressed a
2: potentially almost comically laughable situation. What if the Giants decide, you know what? We don't want them. We don't want them. <laughs> now what do the Padres do? Now they have Bob Melvin under contract. Now do you have to fire
3: him yeah. at this point? You, then you fire him. You pay him out his $4 million, which none of this would surprise me, by the way. Uh, and then Bob Melvin goes to manage the Houston Astros. Right, who are going to be without a manager? He goes to manage the New York Mets. Um, I believe his daughter lives in New York. I, I've heard that recently. Now he was
2: offered the Mets job, from what I understand, when the Padres also hired him, and but he, he wanted, wanted to be stay West Coast. West Coast, he wanted to spring train in Arizona. Yep, which the Mets don't do, the Astros don't do. They they spring train in Florida. But
3: when you are out of a, a gig and then you get fired, do you fight you do fire him though? Right, that's that's my question.
2: Is is that is there any scenario in which Bob Melvin could still be
3: back as manager? Yes, there is, and you know how I know because we're talking about the San Diego Padres. That's how I know that anything is possible. Seems Connie, very unlikely, ben, but Connie Max Skeleton could be managing in the dugout next year, and I would wouldn't be surprised. I Ted Williams head could be our manager. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I've learned five years covering this team on a day-in, day-out basis. Talking about them, I'd say 94% of our show every day for years. We don't really deviate much from Padres talk. Nothing is shocking to me that they do. Nothing is shocking. Nothing. Nothing. So I, I can't be surprised. If I couldn't be surprised if they if he pulled somebody out of the minor leagues to manage. I could be Philip Wellman. I have no idea. Nothing is going to surprise me. Um, Bob Melvin was shocking when he, he got it because he wasn't available. He just wasn't a, a guy that anybody had said yeah, we're just, not was on looking, the looking. We're not looking at managers who aren't available. Right. <laughs> That's that's exactly right. But that's how the Padres got their last manager. Yep, yep. And that's seemingly how the Giants will get theirs. I can't imagine that the Giants aren't going to go ahead. I mean, the the fact that they sat in the weeds and waited and they made a couple they did a couple of interviews and stuff, but um
2: it would be very Machiavellian of the Giants because from what we've under learned or at least led to believe, Bob wouldn't have even gone up to San Francisco to talk to them without the assurance that he was their top candidate. Yeah. Yeah, for now, sure. Top candidate's not 100% you've got the job. But it's basically if you don't if you don't mess things up. And and Bob seems like he's a smart enough guy not to mess up an interview on the scale of getting a job like that. So you'd figure that their plan is to hire him. Now, the Giants could lie. You can always say, "Yeah, you're our top guy." And you, knowing that even if he's not you mess with a division rival at the same time. Like, we can cause more chaos within the San Diego Padres by simply asking for permission. Why wouldn't you do it? If you're the Giants, if you know that whether we want Bob or not, just asking the question of the Padres is going to throw that whole organization for a loop right now, (laughs) it's a fairly Machiavellian somewhat evilly genius move by the San Francisco Giants. I do think they're hiring God, Bob Melvin. That
3: is brilliant. Melvin. I didn't think about that, really, in that perspective of Poppers like, Padres
1: should,
5: ah, should ask for permission to interview every manager in baseball and just yeah. throw
3: everyone for a loop. That's crazy, man.
2: Crazy. Dave Roberts, would you like to come back to San Diego? We'd love permission to interview you. Yeah, you're a top
3: candidate. So <laughs> if Dave Roberts comes back, I have to quit. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. I'd yeah, quit. You're out of a job. I'm out of a job. Yeah. I really dug myself in a hole, didn't I? Uh-huh. Like, uh, all right, well, it's 94.9. It's your old pal Woods. Recheck it in. <laughs> What's new with Capital Cities? We'll find out next <laughs> here, on 90, here on 94.9. We got radio stations all up and down this building you can work at. Hey, it's Woodsy for sunny 98.1. And uh, here's some... Burl. Rob and Joss and Woods. Here's some Burl Lives uh, <laughs> Christmas music for you. I used to work in sports, but Dave Roberts is our manager. I no longer can.
5: All right, it's Woodsy here on KSON. Up next, we got the new Luke Bryan yeah. song.
3: Here's the latest from Dirks Bentley John and Tammy and Woods. <laughs> Good Lord. I have to quit. You'll be fine. I'd be okay. We'll make it work. God, I really should stop burning bridges. You think I'd learn by now. <laughs> to stop burning bridges, but I would have to quit my job.
2: Let's go back to the phones. 833-288-0973. Always good to hear from Mike. Mike, good morning. Welcome to Ben and Woods, the 97.3 The Fan.
1: Uh, WTF Preller. Uh, <laughs> so I think it sounds like everybody's already moving on from Bob, and I understand. From yeah. the situation.
2: Oh, we lost, lost, you. We lost uh, WTF Preller. Oh, there have, you go. You we lost, you. We lost start, you for a second start there. Start over,
3: start over.
1: I'm sorry. Okay, so I understand that you know Bob's probably going to be gone. Uh, I really like the guy, but I understand how you know this politics works because of uh, AJ making that announcement of saying yes, you know Bob will be back, and then this happens. It's it's just it's frustrating for what he's going about his ways. Now my question to you guys is: Would you continue to want a general manager that has made what a over a 400 percent winning? percentage I mean it's just it's just frustrating but here's my thing is we make we make consensus okay we got to get rid of Bob so why don't we just have AJ stay on the team but let him be president of operations and bring in a new GM because we know new GMs and new coaches work because of Skip and uh Kim why don't we give Kim the job and let her work with Mike Schilt if it's Mike Schilt?
3: so. To, an- to answer your question, I mean, it's it's pretty much out of the realm of possibility because she just left the Marlins' job because they said to her, hey, great job getting us to the playoffs, great great moves at the deadline, you really helped push us over the edge, we're going to now hire a president of baseball ops and put uh, them over you. And she said, absolutely not, I, I deserve better, if you're going to promote somebody, promote me. You know, A.J. Preller's got both gigs. Promote me. I'll be the the president of baseball ops and the GM. And uh, we roll. And they said, nope. So I don't think there's a couple of reasons why that wouldn't work. Number one, I just don't know that AJ Preller would be able to hire a general manager. Now, does, and, does he mean hire under AJ, yeah, or did he you means mean hire under,
2: not instead in replacing AJ, just with Kim yeah, Ng yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah, under, under, yeah. Under. yeah.
3: Under. And I, under. she's not going to take that. Gig. I, I, He's not going to offer. I, that, I still don't think.
2: think that that hiring a GM though would be a, a great move for AJ at this point.
3: It would go a long way with the fan base. I'll tell you that. Well, that, it, that's one thing it, I do. It, know. Yeah, it would be it would be good from a PR
2: standpoint. But you know. It could be good from a communication standpoint as well. Take some of that off of A.J.'s plate. I know he doesn't like to give up anything on his plate. He's like Thanksgiving, and you know how when you have the plate at Thanksgiving and things are like spilling yeah. off the sides because you want everything? That feels like A.J.'s plate, more than any other president of baseball operations. No one does the kind of in-person scouting sure. that A.J. does. They all do a little bit of it, but A.J. does a ton of it. You know, the the day-to-day, the draft, the process of the two. He gets into everything in his Eat job the, the so much. The weeds. It's a, I mean, it's an amazing quality about A.J. Preller. He does more than anybody else, but it's also a weakness that he it has is. to overcome, and this is one way that he can take some of that off of his plate. Maybe some of the things that he's – it's not a – It's not bad to admit that you're not perfect at everything. 100%. and It doesn't make you weak. I'm not. You're not. Paul's not. And AJ's not. And a couple of the things that he seems to be a little weak at is the the day-to-day management skills, and the communication skills.
3: Yeah, it doesn't make you weak. No. It it doesn't at all. It can make
2: you very strong to recognize that and empower someone to help you in those areas. And if he can do that with a general manager, even if it's
3: not Kim Ng, there's someone out there that can help AJ, I would think. I, I, I like that idea. I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. And he is truly one of the only human beings on the planet that could go sit down in an interview, and they said to him, what's your weakness, and he does the old... I work too hard. I think he's the only one on the planet that could say it and actually mean it. Because if I say it, I'm full of ass, right? (laughs) I care too much. I work too
2: hard. I I know you are, and, and Mike brought it up. You are what your record says you are. And A.J. Preller's record as general manager for many years has been poor. Now, there is always context to everything. I mean, it's it, a lot of context. Okay, though. well, if you're then, if you're just going with record, then the Padres are upgrading their manager because Mike Schilt has the seventh best record all time of any manager with at least 300 games managed in baseball history. Better than Bob Melvin, better than Bruce Bochy. Mike Schilt has been more successful in his time as manager yep. than all but six people who have ever stepped into the dugout. So, in that sense. I mean, if it's you are what your record says you are, then the then Mike Schilt is a big win here. If that's who the Padres hire, sure. But there's context to it as yeah. well. He took over a great job. He did. for three years in an organization
3: well, that was primed for success while he was there. He's taken over a he's taken over a lineup that's got star power in it. It's not Andy Green taking over. And, and you yes, know. if he gets the job
2: here, he'll also be set up again. It's not yeah. It's not the same. As someone, like Mark Kotze's is going to be awful. Correct. He's going to have the worst record of all time. But and there's you, context
3: and, to go with that. And no one blames Mark Kotze right. at all. Right. Nor should you. But do you think
5: Mike Schilt would be an improvement for the Padres? Cool. A step I mean,
3: backwards? A lateral so move? So at this point, Paulie, at this point, you have to look at it as a positive. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm on the flagship. I've ripped that this team yesterday, and I'm going to continue to rip them when they do goofy stuff. <laughs> I think you have to look at Schilt as a positive because if Bob Melvin doesn't want to be here and cannot feasibly get along with A.J. Preller, you bring in a guy that's got a couple of years with him, right? got a couple of years of working closely with him, knows what to do, knows what not to do, knows the players, has the respect of the players for at least managing big league games – I think it could potentially end up being a positive for this organization. I, We said it after the season ended. I watched too many press conferences last year, and I'm a big Bob Melvin fan, as you know. I watched too many press conferences last year that were filled with um, sharp digs, right? And he's not wrong. He wasn't wrong when he talked about some of the lack of depth on the team. They – whoever whoever it is, if it's Shilt, great. They are already kind of on the same page. Now, we all know relationships can fracture. You can be together with somebody for five years and you're no longer friends at the drop of a hat. That happens in life, in business, certainly. But if it's going to be anybody, I don't look at it as really a lateral move. I look at it as, as really potentially a pretty positive thing. I do. If this is the plan going forward – I would tell you if, I, by the way, I would yeah. tell you if I didn't. I don't I, think Ryan Flaherty would be a step up from Mike
2: Schilt. I don't. No. I, or Bob Melvin. I'd like to hear though, and you know when when he's ready from Peter Seidler, and if he still has the the faith in AJ Preller turning it around, I will respect that. It's Peter's team. He knows everybody better than we will as well. He talks with them every day. He understands the organization. I would like to hear, though, Peter say something to the effect of, you know. However, I could, if I am wrong about this, then we will we will have to make some changes going forward. Yes, I don't like the idea as a fan. Just thinking, AJ is immune to whatever. No matter how bad the things get, Padres could take a step further back next year and win seventy five games. I don't like the idea of thinking that he's. He's immune to responsibility and consequences of failure that everybody else in the world of sports lives with on a daily basis. You you can't escape that generally if you're a manager, a Probably. general manager,
3: a coach in football, basketball, college, whatever. No, not, even, not just sports. It, it, everywhere. If you're an exterminator and you go to 40% of your appointments, you're out of a job. You're out of a job. If you are a plumber and you unclog four out of ten toilets you're not a plumber anymore it doesn't matter if you're a sales rep and you only sell you know a very small amount you're not working anymore that's life in general In sports it's even worse it's like oh we gave him two years clay hell or uh Lincoln Riley was the 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 I mean, there's cream always of the crop.
2: extenuating circumstances do you know how Clogged those toilets were? I mean, (laughs) you've never seen a toilet clogged like the one they sent me to. I'm sorry that I
3: couldn't get that fixed, but that thing was clogged. But we're talking about going on a decade here, right? And so sports is even worse. It is. like two years. Lincoln Riley, they want him gone in USC. There are people calling for his head. You know? He's got a 10-year deal. And they're like, two years, 17-5, same record as Clay Helton? You're out of here. We deserve better. It's sports. Here, how much rope does A.J. Preller get? He's gotten a ton. He's gotten a ton. Now, if they win, no one cares. No one cares who's the skipper. No one cares who's the general manager. Just win, baby. All right, we're going to take it.
2: we're gonna take a timeout. I'll tell you one thing that A.J. That Preller did this last offseason that I don't think it's a good idea for general managers to really be doing Uh, We'll get to that coming up next after a check of traffic. More Bennett Woods on the way on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today
2: congratulations to my buddy Kevin O'Connell for his big win on Monday Night Football last night the Minnesota Vikings upsetting the San Francisco 49ers Twenty-two I'm just reminding everyone they can listen to kickoff with Boomer and Valenti every Friday morning at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. every Friday night, I'm sorry, at 6 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan, live on the free Odyssey app. It's presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's, Lowe's Knows Home Improvement. Um, Kevin O'Connell was starting to feel a little bit of the heat after their slow start for the Vikings this season. Their only wins were over Carolina and Chicago. And they had lost, I think, all their other games by less than one touchdown. But beating the 49ers on Monday Night Football, Kirk Cousins, who I think was two and ten in primetime games or something like that before last night, he was terrific. I know you were focused on baseball. I had both games on, and Kirk Cousins. You, I have not seen him come through. He looked like Tom Brady last (laughs) night coming you know just delivering and third down every time they needed a third down conversion he got out of a you know a sack and somehow stepped up and made another play and another play it was one of the better performances I've seen out of Kirk Cousins last night and uh, Vikings are now three and four you're back in playoff contention you know at least wild card contention at three and four with that win and the 49ers who two weeks ago looked like no one's stopping their run yeah. to the Super Bowl. They had just beaten the Cowboys, destroyed them, looked like the class of the NFL, and, of course, they dropped two games in a row. So,
3: truly is that week-to-week league. The NFL sucks like that sometimes. <laughs> it really is. It's, well, it's, for gamblers, it's for tough, sure, it's it makes tough it very to, hard to, tough to handicap pick
2: games. Who's going to uh, show up? Who's going
3: to get hurt in the first quarter? Who's going to go out? I mean, they know. had Christian McCaffrey. He scored
2: two more touchdowns. 16 straight games. When you're running, you know. You're starting the game. We're getting at least one touchdown yeah. out of our running back. Every time. That's a great place to start, <laughs> but you do need to, to finish it out, and they were unable to do so last night on the road. So, uh, yeah, the um, yeah, the Lions lost this week after yeah. they had looked so good. They got clobbered, clobbered. by the Ravens. Uh, so now you're down to the Chiefs all of a sudden after losing their opener. They haven't lost. The Eagles dropped the one, but they bounced back with a win this last week. So you get the two one-loss teams. You still have the winless Panthers, I believe, and then everyone else is that. It is a lot that, of, that of cushy middle, middle of the NFL of the right now.
3: Bills four and three, Jets three and three, uh, Texans by the way are three and three. Colts are three and four. Yeah, I kinda it, like CJ Stroud. Yeah, so far Raiders are three and four. It's just it's very it's it's kind of middling right now. The NFL. I mean, for none me of them
2: none of them are really good teams. The Falcons are they just very four middling, and three, middling for a four yeah. and three team. Yeah. Saints uh, are three and four. It's I mean, average. The Chargers teams. aren't even to that level. They're two and four, right? I mean, they're not even at the middling level, which is sad. Yeah, they're and two and four. How how kind of unremarkable that level is right now. You know what but their
3: point differential is? Probably, probably positive. It's negative. Really? Negative eleven. Wow, Chiefs. They are, deserve it. Chiefs and the Ravens running away. Well, the Chiefs
2: have already won the AFC West. Yeah. Essentially, what's their lead? Like three and a half games. Yep. So. If the Chargers won all their games, they'd still need the Chiefs to lose like four more times. Is yeah, they're six that really going to happen? Probably not. So that division is is over halfway through the season. Highest
3: point differential in the in the NFL. 49ers still? Yeah, 92. Yeah. And well, then, they got off to such a good start. And then the Bills oh, at, oh, oh. at 80. But the Bills have been as inconsistent as
2: anyone. Huge wins, but really, I mean, losing to the Patriots? <laughs> I mean... That that's a stunner. The Patriots look like the worst team in football and then they beat the Bills. So, yeah, it's a it's a hard league week to week it to is. predict what's going to go on. It is. All right, I teased it. Something that AJ did in the last offseason and I understand why he he may have done it, but it's something that I don't think general managers should be doing. And that is when you sign a player, you can't really promise them anything about where they'll play or where they're going to hit in the lineup.
3: It's like the biggest bane of my existence.
2: It's it, I get that you need to, you need to convince them to sign with your team and you're trying to differentiate yourself from other offers in other organizations, but particularly with Xander Bogarts, you know, the promise was made and it's been acknowledged. You're our shorts. If you sign here, you're our shortstop for one year at least. And he was. They they followed through with that commitment. And, and they he, played was, he was
3: better than average he at was. short. No, yeah. and
2: I, I'm, not, I'm not putting this necessarily on Xander Bogarts. But when you make that promise, you put a lot of people in a tough situation. Your manager, first of all, who will look at your roster and go, it might not be my best team out there every day to have Xander Bogarts at shortstop. You're also then... Putting yourself in a really awkward situation after that one-year promise is over. Now the Padres are kind of going through that. We're hearing stories about, is it is this the offseason that they ask Xander Bogarts to move off of shortstop? Is he going to second base? Is he going to first base? Is he going to, I mean, rightfully feel like, hey, I was promised shortstop. I know they only promised me one year, but... It was kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. It'll probably be like three or four. I, I'll eventually move over, but not yet. Is he going to be upset if he's asked to move right away after that one season promise?
3: Yes. The answer is yes. He said, "He well, he said, he, I'm not moving to first. I'm closer to the dugout. <laughs> the quote. If you move him to second
2: base, are you simply shifting the problem over? Not, I don't want to say that Xander's the problem, but...
3: You still don't have a first baseman. Right. You know, he, he was the square peg, though. Like, that was the signing that correct. was the square peg signing. And it really threw everything into a tizzy. And now this is a piece that dropped, I think, on Friday, right when we were walking out the door in the Athletic again. Um, the quote in there that surprised me the most was that Fernando Tatis Jr. still wants to play shortstop someday. And I'm like, that's, that's the one that makes but me. But he also a- prefers right field to oh, center, center field. field. If he's going to stay in the outfield, right? But I, 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 guess I didn't realize that Tatis was wanting to move back to short. I don't know why I, he wouldn't. It's awesome. He's he's an elite talent. I don't know why he wouldn't. But then, why did you sign Xander Bogart? But then,
2: now you have two players who both feel like their best stuff. position is short. Three. And you also have Ha-Sung another, Kim. and you have another player who actually is your best shortstop in Hassan Kim, at least defensively. Oh my God! It's he's AJ has oh, put the
3: Padres man. in a very awkward situation of his own doing. It, it is absolutely of his own doing. Now, conversely, conversely, I'll take the other side here. What is your goal as a baseball player to to make a living? Well, you've all got massive deals, hugely massive deals. Put your ego aside. Do what is best for the team, and you may feel that you at, you can't have three guys at short. It's not that defensive alignment is not allowed. You can't just put those three dudes over at shortstop and go, "Hey, may the best man win." You all got big contracts, except for Hassan Kim, by the way, who is willing to go play anywhere, anytime. He doesn't have a contract, a huge contract yet. But the guys that you did sign to big deals are like, eh, I, I don't want to. I want to do this." No, you got your deal. You don't want to say, like, you work for us now, but what's best for the team needs to be the direction moving well, forward. And and, that's a and hard, hard I wanna, combo. I'm going
2: to have. I keep talking about this coming up. If you have some thoughts, 833 288 0973. It's not. It's not what's best for the team. I disagree with you there, and I will explain why when we come back. Uh, more on Xander Bogart's and position changes in the offseason for the Padres uh, coming up next year on San Diego's number one sports station 97 3 The Fan. Sarah and Ben Woods is brought to you by Smart and Final. Halloween shopping making you want to scream? Head to Smart and Final for tricks, treats, and a whole lot of sweets. Pick up candy, Halloween decorations, and more in one trip, and that's it. Only at Smart and Final. You're gonna get out to your phone calls here on position changes, and I get what you're saying, Woods. Once you've got your your bag, your yes. contract, yes, it's all about what 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 can I do to help the team win, and and ultimately it should be in, a, in a perfect ultimately, world. Ultimately, I do agree with that, but I don't. I don't think that's the attitude that would drive a player necessarily to succeed. I think I think that they should do what it takes to win, but I think to really succeed, if Xander Bogarts is asked to play first base, I don't think he goes over there thinking, I'm going to do this because this is what gives us the best chance to win. I think you need to go over there and sh- I want to show, I can be the Baddest first baseman that it, I could possibly be. Like, it is, it's a skill. It's impressive to be able to go around the diamond, play different positions and dominate and do well at different positions. Like, this is a challenge and I get to, I get to try first base in the big leagues and don't look at it as, I'm going to embarrass myself. I should be over at shortstop. I'm going like this is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna rock it at first base. I'm gonna get I'm gonna work on picking balls. I'm gonna I'm gonna make these other infielders the best that they can be. I'm an athletic, skilled, talented person, and I can do
3: great things wherever they put me on the diamond. Well, and the problem is, is people say, you know, well, we we didn't need him. Okay, I get it. We absolutely didn't. It was a total vanity. Signing by AJ Preller who wanted to make a splash. Well, you made a splash, and now the water is is <laughs> lapping over the edges of the pool. Like because you have a, a, a glut of of prospects, you have a glut of guys already on the team. I mean, Tatis still wanting to go back at, and play short at some point in his career. That makes me nervous because that's when a guy's like, "Hey, I it's fine playing out here, but like." Trade me. I'd rather play somewhere where I can play short. And I'll tell you what, man. There's probably 25 teams that would take Fernando Tatis Jr. as their shortstop tomorrow. Oh yeah, maybe maybe 29 other teams that would do it tomorrow. Period. Like, did he have some work to do? Sure, absolutely. They all do. Um, but he clearly is a freak that can do anything. But I do baseball think it, a
2: Gold Glove possibly coming up here in right field might could change it. Start changing your mind when you feel like you can. Well, I could actually establish a legacy out here. Sure. I could you know, I'm I'm twenty four and if I continue to do this and For show every years, year, yeah. I could go down as one of the greatest outfielders in the history of the game. That's not not a bad legacy to have.
3: You know. Not, which is why that comment surprised me. It shouldn't, but it it did. Um but back to Xander, like I know it's a
5: little bit apples and oranges, but you can look in the past and see guys that got old, got slow, and they moved from left field to first base. But why don't you look at the NLCS tonight and look at Bryce Harper? He moved over. I mean, I know, again, he was he
3: was banged up. Injured, yeah. Moved over. Would rather be out there than nowhere. But my
5: right. God, has he just stepped in and be like, yeah, done. I got it. I got this, guys. Don't worry about it. That's the thing I think,
3: you know. I don't want to say it's missing. I don't want to question anybody's heart, and I don't want to question anybody's effort. I really don't, because I don't know what's in their heart. I think I know what's in their heart, that they're very well-paid, well-respected baseball players that play the game hard. I I do feel that. I feel like we do have some hard-nosed guys on this team. Um, Are they all playing for each other? Are they all playing for themselves? Are they all playing for the city, the name on the front? That I can't speak to. That I, I I don't know I don't get the feeling that they they are all the time I don't because I hear a lot of Bob Melvin must have had a notepad full of well I can't hit him here and I can't put him there and I, he doesn't want to pitch then and he did, it makes the job a little bit harder instead of twenty six guys that go. Wherever you need me, I will play. It, and, it
2: felt like Bob Melvin had to do negotiations of and ego smoothing every time you made day, a lineup change. Every single day, man, and and you know, except with Fernando. I mean, maybe there was behind the scenes, yeah. but like fourth, first, second, third, wherever you want. He seemed to go with the flow pretty well this year.
3: Angelo says maybe Xander thinks he has an outside shot at the Hall of Fame as a shortstop, but no chance as a first baseman, where offensive stats are much better than his. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but. I don't. I don't care about Sandra Bogart's Hall of Fame credentials. I really don't. I. I want to win a World Series here, and I want to win multiple World Series here. So, I'm not saying he needs to move to first either. I'm not. I, and again, we're gonna go. We're gonna go circular. We're gonna go around and round uh, this thing all year. Well, we, this sucks because we didn't really need him. He's here. He's here for ten more years. So, like, we got to make it work.
2: I want to get out to these phone calls. 833-288-0973. You also made that comment about playing for your city and the front of the jersey, everyone talks about Philly and those guys playing for Philadelphia, which seems clear and is great. No one says anything about the guys who are playing for Phoenix. Like, we are Phoenix through and through. No, I've not heard one thing about that. I'm proud what, of myself. Guess what? They have they have three wins in the National Championship Series as well as that team that is all about each other and playing for Philadelphia, and they're well, one think, win away from
3: the World Series. Well, I think the media has obviously blown up Philly. The, the Philly thing. Of course. Because you see the ballpark and you see the fans and they go crazy and you hear the players say, I love it here, man. I can't, this is, there's no yep. place like this. You don't hear that a lot from. You don't. You don't. But so. guess what?
2: They could win today and be in the World Series anyway. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or uh, or they could lose. And it doesn't mean they didn't play hard for the true city. Too. That's you know? true,
2: too. All right, we'll get to these phone calls right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. I know Lenny always plays hard for La Mesa, or at least he calls from oh, there. He rides hard for La Mesa. Lenny, yeah. always good to hear from you. Good morning. Hey, buddy.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. You know, Ben, I, I texted you last night. The last time the Padres management got rid of a manager, he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's so hard to believe that a year ago we were in the NLDS and we have all these problems now. My question is, and no one's asking, why is ownership and Peter Seidler so in love with A.J. Preller? I mean, he's, he's turned this team in, into a Sando right now, and I, I don't understand how it's going to work out. That's a good point, That's a good, man. Question. A good why, question. Why
2: is Peter enamored with A.J. Preller? I'll take a stab at that He's one excellence. at least. I think when you have an employee who lives and breathes all the time, like 24 hours a day, wanting to make your organization successful, and I don't doubt that that's what A.J. is all about. That's a very appealing thing as an owner, to know that – whether he's making the right decision or not, this guy is working from the time he wakes up at five in the morning until the time he goes to bed at two in the morning about the Padres and making them better. That's appealing, right? I mean, you'd want to have someone at the radio station. Woods, you're kind of like that. You, not really. Other than when you're, you know, taking care of your kids, you going to sleep at like eight. And eight and so. Going to bed early <laughs> yeah. and do,
3: you know. I feel, I think about it twenty four hours. Playing adult a day. baseball. I but, don't play yeah. ball anymore. Right. I'm not allowed. I got kids. I've got the kibosh put on that. I do I, I, I get no time for myself, really, other than right after the show for an hour. But after that, man, like I am thinking about the show twenty four hours a day. Not always healthy. Sometimes you have to not because it drives you crazy. I, I'm different though. I, I I don't think I would want that. You don't we wouldn't want that in an employee. No, you know what I would want? You know what I would value is somebody that's able to to get the job done in ten hours and not eighteen, and 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 that had you know a, a a life outside of the San Diego Padres, I think could be uh, it, it's that's how you live. You know, being so committed and and everything else. If you're spinning your wheels and you're not winning games, it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't. I always loved the uh, the coach. Oh man, that coach that guy that guy slept he would sleep at the office Sean McVay you know his bit got 22 hours a day sleeps at the office Sean McVay's married with a kid now he can't do that forever like your life's going to change there is a life outside of your your sports organization and if you're working 18 to 20 hours on a job that should take you 12 is that a is that a plus yeah well he won the super bowl when he was doing
2: he the to the 20 hour thing and he now did. the rams are you know fairly mediocre I'll, no He's it, got different players. They had salary cap sure. issues. It's not simply on the amount it, of time it, it's not the just coach him. is putting into oh, it. Oh, it's
3: not just him. You know,
2: Matt. Some rule.
5: similarities actually between the Rams, their model, and the, the Padres. Padres. Yeah, yeah. Just nope. Go all in. It didn't all work in. for the Padres like it did for the Rams. Yep. But now the Rams are feeling the. Repercussions of going all in. Yep, with no draft picks for yeah. five years or whatever yeah. it is.
3: Like, I mean, I think you take that
5: trade off. You take
3: that trade, <laughs> right? And that's what AJ Peller was trying to do. He's not short of 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 moxie. He's not short of guts. You know that's one thing you can always say. He has made the Padres relevant again, and sometimes too relevant. It feels like as they're you know doing specials on 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 MLB Network about the the frivolous spending. When you have other pitchers in the big leagues, I saw Paul Seawald uh, called out the Padres. We caught some shrapnel last week about spending frivolously. You know he's like yeah, like the Mets and the Padres. But like he's he's undoubtedly well prepared. There's Plan A
2: and then Plan B. And C and D and E and F. And I'm sure Peter Seidler gets presented, you know, in the offseason like, oh, here are the seventeen directions we may go, you know, depending on what what falls here into place. He's a he's a well prepared general manager who's focused laser intent on his task.
3: Somebody told me this The
2: effectiveness is what's in question.
3: Well, and and again, if you're going to do a pros and cons list, I would say one of the pros of A.J. Preller is he has been able to talk his ownership uh, into spending money, and that's not an easy thing for a GM to do, no question. Now, you're spending it in the wrong places, so that's a problem. Your pro has now become a con. Like I'm able to convince you that we need Eric Hosmer at 144. I'm able to convince you that we need Xander Bogarts at 280. A lot of dough I just spent. If I'm the owner, that's why. That's why I think Lenny's so confused is because if you're you're Peter Seidler, you're like, bro, what did we give Adam Engel a, a million dollars? He had six at bats, like. These things add oh, up. I'd
2: be terrible. I'd be like, oh, why be did worst. I spend that? Yeah, much? you'd I mean, be terrible. I don't want to spend money on golf balls. Do you think I yeah. want to spend money on six <laughs> at bats from a center fielder who didn't even 000, a million dollars? A ah, million dollars. Keep that's keep, keep me up at
3: night no, if I was thinking sick. that I spent
2: that money on nothing. Mm-hmm. I'd be a bad owner.
3: Yeah, you'd be really bad. Yeah. I would do. I would yeah. be like, whatever you you know, whatever you need. Like I, I just <laughs> want to win. So you need a happy medium. But that's the thing, man. Is like, as fans, we should. Get used to the fact, I do feel in my gut, he's going to be able, allowed to figure this out until his contract is up, regardless of what happens next season or the season after. I feel like he plays out his contract here in San I mean, America. if Peter's willing
2: to continue to fund it, all right, I'm not going to complain too much as a fan. My worry, of course, is that like a lot of the rest of us, Peter will wake up one day and go, this is insane, AJ. We have to... We have to slash. I mean you're already saying a little trade bit Tatis, trade here this, trade here because of the, yep. the debt of the little debt bit yeah, we need to we need to rein you in, and I mean yeah, this has this can't go on anymore. I don't want Peter to get cynical and jaded and go, "Oh, uh, spending money is not the way to win," because it really it is still the way to win in baseball. Yeah,
3: I mean, look at the Rangers. You, you do
2: have to spend.
3: They have a, a deep lineup of young talent too, but they spend a buttload of money. They don't did. get it twisted. Yeah, they, a buttload.
2: They it is it is almost imperative. It was uh, Eno. Was it Eno who joined us last week and said? There are always great stories about young, inexpensive teams that find their way into the postseason. It happens every year. Every year. But the teams that win the World Series, they spend money. Almost without a doubt. You look World Series winner after World Series winner, they're going to be top ten in payroll. Oh, top five. Every yeah. single year. Yep. The the Astros, the Rangers this year, the Diamondbacks would be... One of the biggest surprises in, really, baseball history. Phillies spend money. They're talking about, like, Miracle Mets 69. Oh, yes. a level of surprise. If the Diamondbacks won the World Series, Phillies spend money – the, uh, the the Nationals even spent a ton of money when they won. I mean, the World Series. They had Scherzer, they oh, yeah. had Strasburg, they had Harper. They had all kinds of money. Soto was young, but you know they had all kinds of money committed at that point. I just
5: pulled up the uh, MLB payrolls in 2023. Obviously, the Mets, Yankees, and Padres one through three. Philly was right behind them at number four. Uh, Texas still in there. They were ninth in baseball. Top ten. Top ten. And then you got to scroll all the way down. Well, but to you got to
3: think about what Texas spent the previous offseason as yeah. well. Eight hundred million dollars in two years or Houston something.
5: Houston was ten, and then Arizona was the twenty number twenty one. One hundred and sixteen million dollars. That, that's payroll. the
3: shocker here. If
2: Arizona somehow pulled it off, they would be a giant outlier in terms of World I mean, Series. Baltimore Champions.
5: obviously was a massive. Oh yeah. no, no. Baltimore is like all, <laughs> Surprise, all this, a
2: lot of teams. I mean, there's twelve playoff teams. You're going to have a couple of cheaper teams that get in there, but history has told us you want to win a World Series. You got to pay for it. You don't have to be the number one payroll, but you, there's a certain level that you need a, enough veteran guys and experienced guys that you can't do that on the cheap and win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, at least that we haven't seen one in a long time.
3: Yeah, it's going to be it's rare. It's the that's the outlier for sure.
2: Let's go to David uh, quickly. David, you're next up here. Ben and Woods on ninety seven three. The fans, that you out there? Maybe it's someone else. Hello. Hello. No Can you hear me? Oh, oh, there gotcha. you are. No, it's not doesn't sound like who is this? Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you.
6: Oh hi. Hi. Hello. My name is Paola.
2: Paola.
1: And I was just Paola, Paola. And I was just calling to say um that Tatis does not have an ego.
3: Tatis does not have an ego. Okay. Yeah. I bet he has some ego.
2: I would think that <laughs> I would think bit. there's some now you need he, it. You have every, to have everyone it. has an ego. Woods has an it. ego. I have an ego. Yeah. It's it's how much you can suppress your ego, you know, for, for the, the good bigger, of a collective. The bigger picture. Yeah. And I think Fernando Tatis Jr. did a great job Phenomenal. suppressing the ego a little bit this year. But that exists. Sure. You have to have it in that game. You have to. And what you say this is gonna shock some people. What you say publicly is not always what you think privately. A thousand percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, we don't here. know what Fernando thinks in, you know, every moment of the day, but what he said this year was
3: pretty solid.
2: In, it's really in how all you he can ask for himself. as a fan,
3: dude. It really is all you could ask for. You say the right things, you play hard on the field. What else can you ask for? You know, really like
2: it's always my it was always my my trouble with Phil Mickelson. He actually, what he did and said and the way he conducted himself always on the course, pretty darn solid. I mean, signed tons of autographs, was interactive, donates tons to charity. But there was always that side you kind of knew was behind, the ego that he had the arrogance that Phil has and it's it's finally come out a little bit in the last year and you get the stories of the Phil behind the scenes what he was really like he always got that sense but it was hard to criticize him because he knew what to say and he knew how to conduct himself publicly in an extremely professional manner and that's part of the job when you're a primetime athlete you gotta put on a show sometimes as well no doubt alright we have one hour to go Paulie's got a Rindle report for us we're going to My talk God. a little bit basketball, right? At some point here, yeah. yeah we'll we'll start talk a little about about the start it. of the season, the money that flew around yesterday—god, unbelievable! We'll get to all of it coming
4: up next with Benna Woods here on 97.3 The fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.